Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's World Cup Show. It's a really, really good finish. I love goals like that on TalkSport 2. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Rothers. England have one foot in the last 16 after a 1-0 win over Denmark. The mentality and character of this group is to never quit, never give in. Another clean sheet showed we're prepared to defend through absolutely everything. It came at a cost though with midfielder Kira Walsh stretched off at the end of the first half. It was really disappointing. She had to go off the pitch, of course, and the way she had to go off the pitch. She's doing well. She's, I talked to her, but uh, yeah, we don't know yet what's going on. You'll hear more reaction from the tunnel at the Sydney Football Stadium, including from Serena Viegman, Millie Bright and Laura Coombs, and from England fans out in Australia who want to see more from this Lionesses squad. Just trying a bit more in front of goal. We could just keep um, being a bit slow with the ball at times when we could pick it up and do a bit more. We'll also bring you a roundup of the rest of the day's action. Argentina versus South Africa and China versus Haiti. Loads to get through. Thanks for being with us. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Millie Briar and you can listen to the Women's World Cup on TalkSport. Happy Friday, you lovely lot. How are you doing? Did you enjoy that England win today? If enjoy is the right word, I'm not entirely sure. Delighted to say, fresh off commentary duty, former England international Leanne Sanderson is with me. How are you doing? Good, Faye. Lovely to see you again. We see each other every day now, like last summer. I know, it's in wonderful, the Euros. isn't it? It's great. Can, can we just have a major tournament throughout the year? Yeah, I'd like that idea. It's always fun, isn't it? It's a lot of work, but it's always fun. Absolutely. We, we don't get very much sleep, but we enjoy each other's company very much. Um, so England win their second group game against Denmark by a goal to nil. Uh, let's hear the wonderful Leanne Sanderson in action, shall we? And hear how it sounded across the TalkSport network. Great feet, wide footed shot into the corner. Laura James scores in a major tournament for England. What a moment for the Chelsea forward. It's a wonderful goal. What a finish from Lauren James. And we saw in the Arnold Clark Cup this year, she got the player of the tournament, MVP, scored a lot of goals, you know, in that tournament. And now Lauren James has to play every minute of every game for me for England. Kira Walsh had to make a good interception on the stretch. And is she hurt here, Kira Walsh? She's gone down and it could be a massive blow for England's World Cup hopes if Kira Walsh 
is to potentially struggle to come back anytime soon. Oh, in England now with Russo, lovely turn by Russo though. Uh, three in attack here, Russo darting up the middle to a right is Kenny Russo, rifles it wide. Daly crosses high, right-footed, England with a looping header and it's just wide. That was nearly the moment for Beth England and the Lionesses. All eyes on the referee, Tess Olofsson of Sweden, who blows the final whistle. And England are closing in on a place in the knockout stages of the Women's World Cup. It's two wins from two for the Lionesses in Group D. Very nearly job done. It is two wins from two. Final score in Sydney, England one, Denmark nil. It is six points on the board, Leanne, but and this is going to sound like a really strange thing to say, but it felt anticlimactic because of that Kira Walsh injury. Yeah, it did. It's one of the first things I said to you, wasn't it, Faye? I said there's been so much development from the game against Haiti. I thought we were so much better in the first half. And I think the major catalyst between the first and the second half was that Kira Walsh got injured. I think, obviously, when certain players don't play the team will it will filter throughout the team but I think it's how it happened you know Laura Coombs even said in a post-game uh, interview with regards to she would wish to have come in under different circumstances and that is in the back of your mind so I think that was the reason why we kind of faded off a little bit in the second half but I was really happy with the first half performance I thought it was really really good we got off to a really good start after two minutes we were already kind of creating chances in the end I think it was like 10 corners Denmark had none so you know, it was, a, it was a good game by England, but obviously it's hard to not concentrate on that injury from Kira Walsh. And it's the same as, you know, the men's game. If Harry Kane was injured, Jack Grealish, John Stones and all of the big players, everyone would be saying, how are they even playing in these games? Mm, so the I think we have to take a step back. Mm. Yeah. And remember, like, I don't, I didn't want to talk about too much about the injured players because I think it's almost doing a disservice to the players that are there. But you have to talk about them because they are massive losses. And I think the girls have done a really good job when you actually think about the injuries that we've had. And now with Kira Walsh to come away with these wins, overall the performances haven't really been good enough in the first game more so than today. But I'm happy with the fact we've won both games. Yeah, but not just that. I mean, I, I, I really wanted my first question to be about Lauren James and that absolute stunner and the selection um, that... Um, Serena Wiegmann made in terms of Rachel Daly coming in at left back and Lauren James replacing Lauren Hemp on the left hand side it made such a massive massive difference those changes they were what we called for pre-match I think we literally sent like smoke signals clearly over to Serena Wiegmann <laughs> we did and I think those people that listen to this to our show they'll know we did say that and even before the tournament started I sent out a tweet saying I'd play Rachel Daly at left back I don't know it's interesting because Rachel Daly, I think you've got to give her so much credit to be being able to slot in at left back seamlessly. It's completely different to playing in the nine. She's wearing number nine on her back and she's playing left back. Mm. How amazing is that? I know you, a player can say I'll play anywhere for the manager, but she does a job more than adequately does it there. So I think this is the team we're going to start to see throughout the tournament now. I think this is the one that's going to push on. Potentially, you know, Alessia Russo needs to do more. I think I love the girl. I think she's a top girl. I, I really do. But I think... For some reason, it's not working out. It's like the movement. She's coming deeper to get on the ball. You notice when the, um, the changes were made, when Beth England was in there, the balls were flying into the box. Yes. Because the number nine staying centrally, similar yeah. to Harry Kane at Tottenham. When he drops deeper, centre-backs are like happy days. Mm. So when Alessia Russo's doing that, and she had that one chance, that I believe she's trying to score, obviously. She's trying too hard because mm. she knows that the longer you go in a tournament, as a number nine, if you've not scored, people are going to start to say, well... Why are you not scoring goals? And it's mm. not as easy as that. It's a World Cup. 
you know, it's not easy scoring a goal in a World Cup. So I think there's a lot of positives to take from this game. And I, I, don't, I didn't see the sigh of relief from Serena that I saw after the Haiti game. I did see the big punch that she did when uh, Lauren James scored that screamer yeah. from the edge of the area. We'll talk more about that in a second, but let's hear from the England manager, shall we? She spoke to TalkSports England reporter Courtney Sweetman-Kirk after the match. Of course, we're very happy with the win. And yes, it's a, it's a very disappointing uh, situation that Kira had to go out the way she had to go out. Um, she's, she's, she's doing well. She's, I talked to her, but uh, yeah, we don't know yet what's going on. She's obviously very disappointed, as are you and the team. Are you thinking, you know, could that be a big blow going forward? Or do you just first of all need to know, obviously, what's going on and, and what injuries she's, she's sustained? Yeah, <coughs> yeah, of course, we first need to know uh, what's going on. But she doesn't go off the pitch uh, very easily. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. It, it was really disappointing she had to go off the pitch, of course, and the way she had to go off the pitch. I think as a team, we picked it up uh, really well. And uh, we, we had to find our feet uh, again, but uh, I think we did great. Uh, we showed some resilience and at the end, uh, yeah, we showed that we can fight too. And your thoughts on the overall performance compared to Haiti? Have you seen an improvement, do you think? I think there was a total different game. And um, I think also in this game that we had the first half and the second half were a little different. I think we started really well. We played very well. And in that, in that part of the game, we scored that goal and we were really pressing and had... He had the ball most of the time in the game. Uh, then we got a little bit sloppy. Um, they uh, they got some counterattacks, and th and then of course Kira got injured, and then we had to find our way again. And I think the second half we still had possession. Uh, they they changed their their press uh, a couple of times, and yeah, well <laughs> at the end is what I said. It just became a fight. And we just really wanted to keep the nil, and that's what we did. I just want to get your thoughts on Lauren James as well. Obviously, she's uh, she came and made an impact against Haiti. You've then started her, and she's repaid you with a, a wonderful goal. Just how good is she, and has she announced herself on the world stage with that? Yeah, she has had a good game. You, see, you could tell that she was enjoying herself. I think the whole team was uh, enjoying themselves uh, on the pitch uh, that uh, that part of the game. And depending on the result of the other game tonight, you could potentially qualify. Does that change if you do qualify the way that you look at the game against China? Or you know, is it just about you guys and what you're doing in that game? Yeah, I haven't been thinking about that yet. Uh, we're first now recovering from this game. And, and then tomorrow when we know everything, we're gonna, going to uh, review this game and then prepare ourselves for China. We'll bring you the results of Haiti against China later on in the show. We're recording uh, this just before that result comes in. So uh, we don't know, as we're talking, Leanne, whether England are yet in the last 16. They've certainly got one foot in it. And Serena Wiegmann said very similar to, to what we did. But they, they had a couple of let-offs, England. You know, they, they, they were caught napping towards the end of the second half. And Denmark got themselves back into the game. And Amelie Vansgaard, who we saw score the winner in the 89th minute against China, almost had the chance here and hit the post. Yeah, it was a great opportunity. That's definitely something we saw her do in the 89th minute, scoring that winner and being the hero in the last game against China. But they had the opportunity with Vaya as well, where Mary Earps had to kind of, had a really strong hand to kind of clear it away. And they had a lot of opportunities like that were kind of cross-come shots. So they definitely caused problems. And I felt like if Penilla Harder would have been in the 10, they might have caused us even more problems because we were quite fortunate that she stayed quite high mm. and they didn't really get her the ball enough. So... I think we did get away with one in the end. I think there was definitely a moment in the second half where we lost our way quite a bit. We were giving away the ball too much. Faye. What was the reason for that? 
I feel like it was almost like Millie Bright gave away the ball on two or three occasions. Then it was almost like that type of thing can breed throughout the team mm. in the back line, especially. And then Rachel Daly started to do it. And then I feel like everyone was just giving away the ball in those in those areas, kind of when they're building out from the back. And then I think that's when they caused us problems because in the first half, Denmark couldn't get near us. It was like keep ball. Mm. Yeah, it's... it's uh, I feel like there's still fallibilities and I feel if we could, you know, channel that inner first 30 minutes of of the game going forward, it's going to, you know, it, 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 it proves well for the future. It bodes well is the word I was looking for. Yeah. I've been up far too early <laughs> this morning. Bodes well is what I'm trying to say. Um, but Lauren James was was an absolute delight and we saw what she could do. Who else impressed for you today? Yeah, I mean, obviously Lauren James was incredible. I thought... Alex Greenwood did really well alongside Millie Bright. I thought that change was definitely something that needed to happen. I called for it before, and, and it's hard because Jess Carter and Lauren Hemp go out of the lineup, and instantly, instinctively, they probably feel like it was their fault why they didn't do well against Haiti. That's not always the way. Tactically, you need to make those type of decisions and changes. I thought Lucy Bronze had a brilliant game today. I thought she got up and down really well. She looked more confident. Every single corner she got on the end of, she had that willingness. And, I, and I'm a big fan of Lucy Bronze. I think she's a brilliant player. So I think those players definitely shone. But Lauren James, I mean, even in the second half, Lauren James was quite quiet. Yeah. But she had such a good first half that almost carried her over into the second half. So... I want to see our forward players get the ball a little bit more. I want to see them build a bit more. Chloe Kelly had a decent first half as well, but then I've, I've noticed in the second halves, a lot of our wingers just don't seem to get the ball. Yeah, I, th I thought she was slightly better in the second half, actually, because it went out to the right more, but the connections between Lauren James and Rachel Daly down the left-hand side in the first half in particular were fantastic. I just feel they need to start to do more with those set pieces and be more clinical uh, because that's where they can hurt teams. So Serena Wiegmann seemed overall quite pleased with that performance. They haven't conceded in the tournament so far two wins from two and in a really strong position uh, we'll hear from the england players talking to our england reporter courtney sweetman kirk very shortly this is the women's world cup daily show on talk sport 2 faker others and former england international leanne sanderson with you coming up we'll continue uh, to discuss all the fallout from england's win over denmark <laughs> This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Don't forget the TalkSport Network is the place to be for all things Women's World Cup. We'll have live commentary from all the remaining England and Republic of Ireland matches, plus updates on other games throughout the tournament as well. Thanks for being with us. I'm Faye Carruthers. Leanne Sanderson, uh, a World Cup bronze medalist, is with me. Uh, she's more than just a World Cup bronze medalist. She's just a legend all round, isn't she? Uh, we've heard from the manager, Serena Wiegmann, and so now let's hear the thoughts of Captain Millie Bright who spoke to Talk Sports' Courtney Sweetman-Kirk after that 1-0 victory over Denmark. Talk me through that performance. You've got the win. Do you think it's a, an improvement in performance? I think it's a completely different game. Um, I think for us, we go game by game. Um, I think it's very hard to compare two very different opponents. Um, Denmark are a, a brilliant team. We knew that they were going to create chances and, and pose us threats. Um, but I think under the circumstances, we stuck together as a team and adapted to to what was thrown at us um, and again the mentality and character of this group is to to never quit never give in I think some really good um, really good parts of the game especially the first half created a wonderful chance uh, with LJ scoring um, but yeah I think overall another clean sheet showed we're prepared to defend through absolutely everything uh, and as always we always demand higher standards we always demand better quality but you know we have the right intentions we have the right attitude and yeah, sometimes football's hard. 
You speak about Lauren James there. You see yeah. it day in, day out, <laughs> obviously. But as she announced herself now on the world stage with a, with a goal of that importance and, and that quality. Yeah, definitely. I think we've, you know, I think the world's been waiting a long time to see her on this stage. Um, but she's so humble and she'll do absolutely everything for the team. But I don't think she quite understands the talent that she has, uh, which is the beauty of it. You know, she keeps two feet on the ground and it's just important that we, we look after her. And same with any young player, really. We give them the, the confidence to go and express themselves. And that's what being part of this team is, really. It's about playing your game and expressing what you're about. And bringing your character on the pitch and I think that's what everyone did tonight especially. And you've spoken a lot about character, how difficult was it to lose Kira Walsh? She's such an important player to the side and you know as a teammate you may be at the back of your mind thinking about her as well playing so how big of a blow is that tonight but also maybe going forward? Yeah seeing anyone go off like that in a game it's it's not easy I'll be honest there's a million thoughts going through your head and then within a split second you've got to switch out of it and um, you know the game's still going. We've still got a job to do, um, and if anything, then we we go on and, and play for that player, especially, um, and we always stick together as a team. So credit. It's I've been in that situation before. It's not easy, um, and you know we hope it's it's not too bad, um, and yeah, we can get her back. Um, but obviously, she'll have to be assessed, and, and we go from there. But yeah, credit to the girls adapted to that situation. Like I said, it's extremely hard. Captain Millie Bright speaking there. How difficult is it as a player, Leanne? You, you mentioned in commentary that you've been on the receiving end of both. You've been one of the observers watching a horrible injury like that and then it's also happened to you. How do you psychologically pick yourself up and carry on? Yeah, it's difficult because when I got injured in my game, I knew my teammates, I wanted to rest them assure that I'd be okay, even though I knew I wasn't. You know, mm. I was in tears going off the field, but you kind of say no because you want your team to win. And then at half time, they came in and saw me and I tried to not cry because then it made them think I was okay. But I think when something's happened now, when someone's got injured on my team, it is in the back of your mind and it's in the front of your mind. But I think... Back in the day, it wasn't always a knee injury. Mm. Do you notice how now every time a female goes down, it's a knee injury? She caught her studs in the in the grass, didn't she? It looked like, and she did say herself, "I've done my knee." Yeah. Now that could be a multitude of different things because of what we've spoken about on on this pod before and this show um, and elsewhere. We all automatically think those three little letters A, C, and L, and because. You know, two of the Lionesses players that aren't at this tournament have suffered the same um, injury. That's what we automatically assume, but we shouldn't just jump to conclusions. No, we shouldn't. And, and the point I'm making as well is that there used to be times where people would roll their ankle or pull mm. their hamstring or their calf. I feel like those days are gone. Do you know what I mean? Like people do get those types of injuries, but every single weekend there's somebody that does that injury. So mm. regardless of whether it's, you know, we're not doctors or physios, but regardless of that, Dr. it doesn't Carruthers look like... True, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it um it doesn't look good for the rest of the tournament, regardless, because when you see a player go off, and Serena made the point there, and I said it in commentary, she doesn't stay down usually. Mm. There's some players that you think, oh, they do stay down quite often and they get back up again. She's one of those players that doesn't usually do that. Yeah. So I think they're going to have to plan for being without her, especially for the next game, for sure. So it'll be interesting to see Laura Coombs if she starts that game because it doesn't always mean that. Yeah. <laughs> Believe you and me, like I've been away of England before where players have been calling off standby. Well, you wanted, you wanted to see Jordan Nobbs come on instead of Laura Coombs. But we will hear from Laura in a second. How did you think she got on first and foremost and what difference if Jordan had come on would there have been? I think when Laura Coombs came in, I think she played the game fantastically well. And what I mean by that is she kept it simple. She'd done the basics well. She had a couple of opportunities where she had to get up tight areas and she just got it. 
and played it and that's what you can ask for don't try and be too glitz she's not a glitz and glamour player anyway she's no. a steady Eddie but what I will say is I think she should be really proud of herself to come into a game of that magnitude in a 38th minute and to be able to kind of compete and get up to the speed of play that's not an easy thing to do so credit to her the reason why I said about Jordan is because I think Jordan's proven at this level I think you know she's one of those players that has missed out on a lot of tournaments based upon injury in 2015 she got that hamstring injury in the last World Cup hurt her knee and, you know, Jordan's a great player. I think we see when she went to Aston Villa this year. But taking nothing away from Laura Coombs, you know, that's just the decision I'd have expected. Probably a lot of people to have thought she would have put Jordan Nobbs on instead or mm. maybe Katie Zellum. But I think Laura Coombs has shown she can she can take that role and make it her own. And she's completely different to Kira Walsh. I know Kira Walsh is one of the best players in the world, but Laura Coombs and her are completely different players. Something Millie Bright mentioned there, England have managed to keep a clean sheet for a fair few games now and they actually deserve more credit than we're maybe giving them. We're so used to seeing them banging goals for fun that we actually forget how important it is in tournament football to be defensively solid. Yeah, Mary Earps will be happy with these clean sheets. I mean, I'm a centre-forward, so I never really thought about that. I'm like Marcelo Bielsa, I want it to be like 7-6, you know what I mean? Like, whereas defenders and, and goalkeepers, they don't like that type of stuff. They really, same as I pride myself on scoring goals, they pride themselves on not conceding and they've done that. And Mary Earps has been fantastic when she's been called upon. And the back line, there is moments where there are going to be moments where teams are going to get through you. Regardless of how organised you are, regardless of who's in there, you cannot go a 90-minute game... Mm without someone trying to do something, mm. even the best teams in the world. So I think there was times in the game where we lost a bit of momentum and I think in the Haiti game, they had more clear-cut opportunities than Denmark did today. I thought Penilla Harder had that one chance where she snatched that hit. But other than that, there wasn't... And the header, obviously, they hit the post. But other than that, I didn't feel like there was like as clear-cut as Haiti. I thought Thompson had a couple of good chances as well and they didn't maybe make enough yeah. enough of it, but then they were smothered out quite, yeah. quite a bit. Um, why don't we hear from Laura Coons? We've been talking about her, haven't we? She obviously came on um, as a replacement for, for Kira Walsh after she was stretched off. She spoke to our England reporter, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, after the match. First of all, congratulations for making your major tournament debut. How does it feel? Yeah, I mean, it didn't come in the best of circumstances, but um, I was, I'm so happy to have made my debut out there and it was everything and more that I thought it was going to be. Just, yeah, loved it. You know, we spoke back at St George's Park about your journey, how you thought that this moment might not come for you. So now eventually it has, there's obviously a lot of emotions in it. Um, and can you know? Can you put it into words or not? Is it just mind blowing at the moment? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think it's sunk, sunk in yet. I was just trying to soak up every moment then, and yeah, I know it won't come round again. So I was just yeah, as I say, trying to soak up every moment, and I just yeah, feel great at the minute. In terms of of the game itself, again, hard fought. I spoke to uh, Lucy Bronze. I think it was yesterday or the day before, and she was saying, look, if we keep winning games one nil. It doesn't matter as long as we yeah. get where we need to be. But do you think the performance improved as well? Yeah, I think we started so well and looked really dominant in control. Obviously, we were shaken a little bit by um, one of our best players having to go off. Um, but yeah, we we were really resilient, um, kept it strong, and that's all we needed: one goal, one win. Yeah. And talk to me about being a player on on the pitch, or you know, you're coming onto the pitches in that moment. You know, how much in the back of your head, obviously, are you worrying about your teammate and what's going on, and how difficult is it to then focus on the game? Yeah, a little bit. Obviously, you don't, you don't want anything bad to happen to any of your teammates. Um, but every game, I just try and watch everyone out there just in case I'm called upon. And, you know, today that happened. And I was just, 
trying to do the best I can when I get out there. And finally, you, as I say, you've you've got that moment now. Has it given you a taste for it to, you know, for the rest of this tournament, you really want to push on, you want to start against China and, and you want to keep continue going forward? Yeah, definitely. I just need to watch it back. You know, it's a, it's a step up from league football and the pace and... Um, I just need to watch it back, try and learn as much as I can from that performance and you never know what's going to happen next game. She's diligent, isn't she, Laura Coombs, um, and a really experienced player. So long since she had got her England uh, call-up, thought she was out of the international setup, and then brought back this year, and uh, and she's done really well out of it. Uh, looking ahead to the final group match against China, Leanne, how, how do you think Serena Wiegmann is going to approach the game? I think she'll still be pretty ruthless. I think she will be wanting more from her players because she demands that. I think the fact that... They'll definitely get through at this point, you know, two wins, six points. And obviously in the other game that goes on later on today will be determined who goes through as well. So I think they'll be looking to end the game with confidence, win the group with confidence. And then obviously in the next round, Australia, Canada or Nigeria away. So... Yeah, it's going to be fascinating, isn't it? Uh, this is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker Others and Leanne Sanderson with you. Coming up, we'll hear from TalkSport's Shabana Hearn, who's been catching up with some fans in Britain. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Lisbon. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on Talk Sport 2 in association with Zero Small Business Accounting Software and proud partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. At Talk Sport, don't forget, have live commentary of all England and Republic of Ireland's remaining games across the network. So thanks so much for choosing to be with us. I'm Faker Rothers. Uh, former England forward Leanne Sanderson is alongside me. Now, one thing we pride ourselves for here at Talk Sport and Talk Sport 2 is being the voice of the fans. We are powered by fans here on Talk Sports. So I'm pleased to say we can now hear from Shabana Hearn, who's live from a fan park in Australia with some delighted Lionesses supporters. Hey, Shaban. 
Thank you, Faye. Yep, uh, we are live just now at the Brisbane Fan Park, just looking out over the Brisbane River. I can tell you there's a pub just behind me here next to the Brisbane Fan Zone called The Plough, and that's where the Ireland friends and family gathered earlier on this afternoon to have some together time, some bonding after that defeat at the hands of Canada and realising that they are now out of chances of getting out of the group despite that game against Nigeria on Monday. Across the road at the fan park just now, there's a real mixed group. I would say it's half and half. Half Denmark fans and half England fans. Let's catch up with some of the England fans and see how they're feeling after that. Guys, what did you make of that performance? You happy? Happy that we won, yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, I mean, it was just a bit reserved. I thought we played a little bit too slow sometimes when we needed to pick up pace a bit, but... It wasn't too bad. We got the result in the end. So. It was good to see Serena Wiegmann make some changes, which we don't usually see often. No. Were you happy with those changes? Yeah, it's good to see Beth England, I think. Um, she's got the opportunity, you know, so she might as well take it. And yeah, yeah, Lauren James obviously starting this game. Yeah, so it's good to see new faces. What about uh, Kira Walsh? That didn't look good, did it? No, we really like Kira Walsh as well, and she's um, an important part of our team, and it's quite sad really that she come another knee injury for England we just can't help it we've always keeps getting knee injuries <laughs> no it is it's sad listen another three points that means you're into the round of 16 yeah what do you want to see now moving forward in the tournament um a bit more um, creativity going forward and um just just trying a bit more in front of goal um instead of we could just keep um being a bit slow with the ball at times when we could pick it up and do a bit more what about you? Can you go all the way? Um, I'd say keep possession. Um, don't give the ball away as much as we do because I think another team like like a Germany or a USA, they might take their chances on the sloppy passes that we make. So I think, yeah, just need to keep possession and be clever with the ball. Are you concerned that at this moment in time maybe you won't win the tournament or have you got all the faith you will? I mean, our second half then was about game management and uh, we did really well. Um, I thought we time-wasted well in certain parts to um, keep the ball, and I think, yeah, I'm not really worried, because um, when it comes to our games, England are quite good in those hard um, pressure zones, so I think we do okay. Can you win the World Cup? Yes. Oh, confidence. Yeah. Guys, yeah. thank you so much. No, amazing. Thank you. thank you. You're amazing. Thank you. I'm pleased to say we've got a couple of Denmark fans here. Guys, do you live in Australia? Yes, we are here for one year. Oh, wonderful. Right, okay. How do you feel after that defeat? Um, it sucked, but I feel like we played very well at the end, and we'll get them next time. Yeah. What did you think of the performance? Um, I think the Danish team, they played actually uh, really well considering who we were up against. Um, so if I think they got another chance, there's definitely a possibility. Yes. I spoke too soon, Faye. We've got a couple of Australian Lioness fans actually here tonight. What's your name? Bree. Bree, love the shirt. You've got bronze across the front of your shirt. What did you make of her performance tonight? Very good, actually. She was really, really good. Um, I don't know. But is she ever not good? Yes, always good. Absolutely. Always aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. So she was actually really heavily involved in that first half, wasn't she? Um, what did you make of the Lionesses and what do you make of the Matildas moving oh. forward? Soul oh, soul point. Soul yeah, point. Absolute soul point. point still from last night. We were at the game last night. Oh, what did you make? Um, uh, it was disappointing. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't aggressive enough. I don't know. They're obviously heavily depending on Sam and... Depending on Mary Fowler as well, I don't know. They need to be a lot more aggressive. How do you feel now the fact that you're relying on Ireland to beat Nigeria, yeah. who were unbelievable? It, has, it literally has to happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. McCabe. It's McCabe versus Nigeria. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> we, we know that that's how it's going to go. It was McCabe versus, what was it, Canada? Canada. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Can, can the Aussies win the World Cup? Mm, no. But England will. <laughs> can the Lionesses win the World Cup? Yes! Oh! So there you have it, Faye. Some Australians relying on the Irish to beat Nigeria to make sure that they get out of the group. An interesting wee day here in Brisbane, where Ireland are based. I'm going to head back to that hotel now where we have a media day taking place tomorrow. So you'll hear all from that next week. Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much, Shaban. Shaban loving her time out in uh, in Australia, mixing with all the fans there. And we'll talk about Australia uh, in a second, Leanne. But let's focus on what some of the uh, Lionesses fans were saying to Shaban. A lot of them thinking that England need to hold the ball a bit better. And Serena Wiegmann has talked about wanting to be a possession-based side, but they were quite loose with their passing at times. Yeah, I think also we're being a bit overcritical because I felt like in the first half... They were brilliant. So, and in the second half, we lost our way a little bit due to that injury. So, I'm not getting too wrapped up. I just think in the back line, we need to possess the ball better. Mm. No doubt about it. Um, one of the fans actually said they thought we wasted time very well in game management. I don't know about that. I felt like we probably didn't expect to be holding on to a certain degree, taking the ball to the corner in the, in the game. But game management is something you have to do Absolutely. in tournament football. Mm. And nobody, I think because some people have just also got on board the last year when the Lionesses won, they just expected us to be winning everything. <laughs> and that's not the reality, is it? We knew going into the European Championships, we wasn't the favourites. Nope. Spain, Sweden, Germany. But we played so well every single game that mm. we kind of pushed ourselves up more. So we become the favourites. So I think now people think just we have this divine right, we're just going to go to a tournament and win. That's and the it doesn't work like that. an England fan, a divine it is, right. It is. Right? <laughs> it's not realistic, right? Now. I agree with you completely. Um, and it's really difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, we are powered by fans here at TalkSport and, and everyone's opinion counts. But within camp, they get quite frustrated with the narrative that they should be going ahead and beating teams 3 4 5 nil. And actually, in a tournament, it, that game management part comes into it throughout. Well, look at Australia and Nigeria. With, exactly. And we saw it with Spain in the Euros as well uh, with England. Let's talk about Australia. Australia because you know uh, there's plenty of England fans out there depending on what happens to Australia going through those Australian f going through or not those Australian fans might become England fans very soon they're relying on Republic of Ireland to beat Nigeria after Nigeria beat the Aussies 3-2 uh, the, the other day what, what did you make of that is so tight group B it is really tight and I've, I've said it before the tournament that Australia in competitions always seem a little bit underwhelming going into tournaments and when I played against them in the Cyprus Cup and when I played against them they've not been anywhere near as good as they should be and they've got really good individuals Sam Kerr not playing is a major catalyst I think obviously after Republic of Ireland game when they got the penalty when Shiva gave it away I think they got away with one there, Australia. Mm. I really do. I think Republic of Ireland looked like they were pushing in that game. And this group's become a bit closer than they expected. It's in their own hands, though, because if they beat Canada, it's fine. Yeah. Who, again, I don't think is anywhere near... I hope that these teams are still in it because I don't think they've gone anywhere near their best. Mm. Canada as well, Republic of Ireland. I think Republic of Ireland can hold their heads high. You know, I know one of the fans said it was Katie McKay versus the world to a certain degree. And that's how it feels. She has that responsibility, doesn't she, where there were times probably she could have passed the ball, but she was like, I'm just going to take this on myself. Mm. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to do this. And I completely understand why. 
shooting, defending, doing the lot, everything, tune, sang the theme tune, yeah. etc. Scoring from a corner, know, like everything, in, in, incredible. But I think they'll be kicking themselves a little bit because that that group is so open that they might have had a sniff of of getting into the last sixteen. Um, how impressed have you been with the support for the Lionesses out in in Australia? Fans there saying that they think, well, they were Aussie fans thinking that that England could potentially go all the way, but the support, the travelling support, has been incredible. Yeah, I think if you look at all the England games, the attendances have been brilliant. And I think due to the fact that the Lionesses won the tournament last year, the European Championship, seems like everybody kind of got on board and no longer is it just the US women's national team that's getting all the recognition and the marketability. I feel like with England, they're becoming household names. People know all the players individually. And that's due to companies like us talking about them and other outlets, TV outlets, what, showing the games. I mean, it's probably the first time ever that we in England they've taken off big TV shows in day, the morning. Morning shows? Yes, that like, we've never even heard of. And it wasn't until the other day my mother-in-law brought that to my attention because I didn't even think about it because it's become the new norm, hasn't yeah. it? But we have to take a moment and think, actually, who would have ever thought that certain TV shows have been taken off for a women's game? And it's brilliant. So we have to celebrate that. I don't want to. I don't want to watch this morning anyway. I'd much rather watch. And EastEnders. Uh, and he said, well, has EastEnders gone off? Yeah. Unbelievable! I, I won't know. have that. <laughs> uh, right, we'll bring you coverage of uh, Republic of Ireland's game against Nigeria on Talksport Two on Monday, 11 a.m. UK time. England take on China on Tuesday. Kickoff um, from 12 o'clock noon. Joe Shannon and the wonderful Leanne Sanderson bringing you commentary from that game, and you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, you're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on Talksport Two. I'm Faker Rothers. Leanne is with me as well. Coming up, we'll round up all the action from the other two games of day nine of the tournament. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show in association with Zero, small business accounting software and proud partner of England Women. Dream bigger. If you miss this episode live or duck in halfway through, don't worry. We're also available on podcast. Plenty of places you can download us. But first, head to the TalkSport app to find us. You can obviously subscribe elsewhere as well. Uh, Faker Ruthers and former England striker Leanne Sanderson with you. And after England secured their second win in Group D, they waited for the result in the other group game between China and Haiti to confirm their place in the last 16. It's not quite confirmed, but they certainly have one foot in it. But both sides lost their opening game. So a win here was vital if either side wanted to keep their World Cup journey alive. Talk Sports Fern Buckley was watching this one. China won Haiti nil. They've gone over their injury time in the second half and they were checking for a penalty for Haiti, but it's gone to a corner. Had it been called a couple of minutes ago, as we were expecting, we were going to say it's a vital game for both teams. And it was China who was able to benefit of Haiti's inexperience, uh, despite going down to 10 players in the first half after Zhang Ri was shown the red card for a nasty foul on Haiti's Shirley Judy. But going into the second half, Haiti looked like they were building momentum, working on those 10 players, but their inexperience coming into play late into the game. The uh, whistle is blown, I believe. No, it's carrying on again, looking for another check for a foul. It's absolutely chaos between China and Haiti. Um, at the moment, it's China 1, Haiti 0. So China's victory means they go into the final group game against England, level on three points with Denmark, meaning this group goes down to the wire. Having played the majority of the game with 10 players as well, it was an impressive showing, but gutting for Haiti, who are out of the tournament despite two great performances. And, oh, it's a tight one. Yeah, Group D is completely wide open. I think when you saw that... When England were drawn in that group, I was kind of like, 
I was kind of happy with that when you look at the other groups of Brazil, France, Netherlands and USA in one group. There's always a group of death and I felt pretty comfortable England would win this comfortably. But I think the Scandinavian teams, you look at Denmark and you look at China, you know, China are ranked 14th in the world rankings and Haiti 53rd. But as I said before, it's almost like these teams can compete and China have done that. And a player that I'm impressed with with China is Wang Shuang. She plays in NWSL for Louisville. She could play in midfield. She plays up top as well. And I think she's been a good player as well. So I think they've got players individually, collectively. I wouldn't say they've got loads of standout players. But I think collectively as a team, they get the job done. And this group has been wide open. And, and I think Denmark have shown they are a bit vulnerable from the get-go, from the first game. Yeah. China I, only, you know, they only scored in the last minute. Denmark against China and people expected again Denmark to win that game really comfortably as they did Haiti and England and it's only 1-0, 1-0. Yeah, I agree with you. England's final group game is against China. I mean, how much of a threat are they going to pose? Yeah, they've always been a good nation. It was one of my last ever games for England that I played against China and they've always been really organised. I think the one thing that they don't do is put the ball in the back of the net and I think a lot of teams in this tournament have struggled in that number nine role, putting the ball in the back of the net. I think it's been shared responsibility throughout the team. And with this China team, I don't really see who's going to get the goals. But what I will say is a team like Haiti, nobody saw this one coming at all. 53rd in the world. Um, and I think they were brilliant against England. And they completely deserve to be in the position that they're in. I mean, what a story that is. OK, so the earlier game in uh, day nine saw Argentina take on South Africa. And after losing their first match to Italy by a goal to nil, Argentina needed to get something out of this one to keep themselves in the tournament. But South Africa had also lost their first round match to Sweden in the 90th minute. So were desperate not to let this one slip away from them. Talk Sports' Georgie Heath was watching. It is all over in Dundee and it finishes 2-all. South Africa looked like they had run away with the game when they went 2-0 up, but what a fight back from Argentina. It was scrappy, but it never lacked tenacity. They fought back to 2-1. We thought maybe that would be it. And then within, with just 10 minutes to go, they clocked another, that header of Nunez to equalise and finish the game 2-all. And that is the first points for both these teams ever in a World Cup. They pick a point each at 2-all. Interesting match this one because uh, the Argentinians looked down and out and actually they were so annoyed with that late winner that Italy scored against them in the opening group match. You could see in that second half they were determined not to have the same fate fall to them and, and, and managed to pull it back and, and pick up a point. Yeah, I was delighted when Cristiano Girelli scored that goal because she's my former teammate at Juventus. But I think with the South Africans going 2-0 up, you know, it looked like they were down and out, didn't it, really? And mm. then they came back to pull it back. I picked out Catlana before. Do you remember when we did our players yeah. to watch? And I said, she's fantastic in NWSL in America. And I was really excited to watch her play. And I think sometimes when individuals play for lesser nations, they often, at times, you can't really see them. Like Penilla Harder for Denmark. We know how good she is, but there's a big responsibility. So Argentina... They're a nation that haven't really been historically very, very good in tournaments. I remember in 2007 in um, China, we played against them and they were kind of, I think we beat them five or six nil. So it shows you how far they've come in a short space of time as well. So the fact that game ended in a tie, I'm sure South Africa would be really disappointed to concede two goals, you know, completely, I think, against the runner play, 75th minute, 80th minute. And then you still fancy a team like, at that time though, the momentum is with Argentina, isn't it? Usually you see teams mm. going to win the game. So the momentum did change, but South Africa have been one of my favourite teams because whenever we used to play against them, they were so happy, 
They're always singing, you know, even when they don't win games. We used to play against them in the Cyprus Cup. So they're a team that I think have really kind of done themselves a lot of justice during this tournament as well. Yeah, they've lost uh, their captain though, haven't they? Stretched off uh, during that match. She plays for um, in Syria as well for um, Saswallow. Um, Rafilo Jane, I think that's how you pronounce her name. I apologise if I've if I've got that wrong. I don't have my um, South African pronunciation guide in front of me, but that's the second player we've seen today stretched off Leanne, which is really concerning. It is, and it's not type of trend we want to see we want to see things like a penalty in every single game don't we we want to see goals and unfortunately injuries are part and parcel of the game and I don't think thankfully touch wood there's been as many as probably people expected because mm. I think the quality of the football has been really good and I've been delighted to see apart from you know Zambia against Japan and those types of games and the Morocco game we haven't seen loads of high scoring games because there, there, I'd say it all the time, there's still people reluctant to want to watch the women's game. And now they have no choice because they're on everything in England. So it's great to see. And I think the gap between the teams has got closer. Who would have ever imagined that teams like Jamaica would be tying with France? That are sometimes people's favourites. So I think it's been brilliant. And I think teams like Argentina, South Africa, those types of teams, Haiti have done themselves a lot of justice during this tournament. Yeah. The other game in that group, by the way, is uh, see Sweden and Italy play each other. Uh, Kick-off from 8.30 UK time, and we'll bring you updates on Talk Sports. Uh, both sides fighting to top the group. Uh, so that should be a fascinating one. Leanne, it's been a delight. Thanks, Faye. We'll be back here again Tuesday. I know. I'm really looking forward to it. We've got uh, Republic of Ireland commentary on Monday, England commentary on Tuesday. That's at noon on TalkSport 2. Thank you to Leanne Sanderson, Serena Viegman, Millie Bright, Laura Coombs, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, Shabana Hearn, Fern Buckley, Georgie Heath, producers Maya Anuma, and of course, as ever, all of you for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show lives, you can download the Women's World Cup show via the TalkSport app. Our next show, as Leanne said, uh, is on Monday, 6 o'clock. We're going to be reflecting on all the action from the weekend's matches and previewing the Lionesses' final group game against China. You can also download all our shows as a podcast. Next here on TalkSport 2, we bring you highlights from today's edition of The Social.